Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. We're living in tumultuous times, so while it might seem like we're living in a dystopian fiction right now, that doesn't discount the value of dystopian narratives. Because, let's face it, if we're going to get out of this, we should probably be thinking about where it all could go and what it all actually means. In Really, Really Gorgeous, the U.S. is literally underwater. So, when a chance to get to dry land and onto television screens arises for one person, well, what's next? And how does that affect the people around them? I spoke with the playwright after the show. Take a listen. So let me know who you are and what you did on the show. Uh, I'm Nick Mesikowski, and I'm the playwright of Really, Really Gorgeous. And it's just going to be Nick and I today on the podcast. So, uh, great title, Really, Really Gorgeous. Uh, tell, like, what is, maybe the the idea of the show is not necessarily in the title. So, um, when you tell people, come see my play, Really, Really Gorgeous, um, what do you what do you then tell them, like, what's your quick pitch of, like, here's what they're coming to see? Yeah, yeah, my quick pitch is that it's a... Uh, uh, um, wild dystopian comedy about uh, two women who journey through a drowned America, um, and uh, it's also about the death of democracy. <laughs> that's that's uh, that was actually I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm right. like that's definitely what I got out of yes. it. But you might not necessarily hear that in really really gorgeous. So right. um, I feel like it's 2020, and uh, I don't need to ask you the question: Why are you writing about the death of democracy in 2020, Nick? Right. Um, but talk to me about that, like where this comes from for you, uh, because you know while the themes are of course incredibly present in the you know the zeitgeist in, in like being in America in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, why this play? Like, what what made this play come out of you? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I, I sort of um, I was really interested in the idea of like what happens um, to relationships. What happens when when the country is inevitably you know uh, ravaged by climate change, which also is makes has a big role in this play. Um, what happens when that climate change gets personal? Um, and, you know, we, we know this is already happening for people around the world, um, but, you know, will it change what we can do in our day-to-day lives? Will it change what we buy at the grocery store? But also the really scary questions that I think kind of creep in the back of our minds of, you know, uh, will it change whether I can follow my dreams? Will it change my career? Will it change where I have to live? Will it change my relationships? And this play, I think, came out of that. Um, it came out of, you know, specifically the questions of, like, well, when we're in this incredibly disenfranchised world and you have a, two people who, you know, are the only two people left to each other uh, in the world and one of them is given the opportunity to live a better life, what does it do to that relationship? And... So, yeah, it, it all sort of came out of this idea of, like, you know, when the seas rise and the food's disappearing and the only people who are actually surviving are the celebrities, um, <laughs> what, what do the rest of us do? How does climate change, you know, affect our day-to-day lives in that way? That relationship to the media and to celebrity is, like, I'm not spoiling anything by saying that is very central to the play so much so that one character is essentially all that in a way um those sorts of themes are things that i'm personally super fascinated by and very interested in in the theater but i love that you also included and you mentioned this 
relationships, like personal relationships. Can you ruminate a little bit more on that, like those personal relationships and their relationship to the political and to the performative and to the, uh, I guess, like paparazzi uh, to keep my alliteration going? Um, <laughs> just uh, like what's what what does that do? Because I mean, we don't have to get like straight into the play, but like I love the ideas in the play. Can you talk to me more about those ideas. Yeah. I think one of the big conflicts um, at the center of this play as it relates to celebrity is, and I'm not going to spoil too much, but one character is given an opportunity um, to become somebody, and the other one isn't. And um, the question that they kind of grapple with is like, okay, do I use this power to make a better world life for myself and just just do what i need to do and let this other person kind of fall away as much as that might hurt or do i use this power to bring them with me make a better life for both of us and the bigger question behind that is like do they trust each other yeah i was about to, to say be... truth is a truthiness is kind of here too exactly. like exactly uh, what is actually real and can we ever know well, yeah exactly i mean i i think that's that's the other big part of this is that also speaking about climate change is that in this world climate change is destroyed it's destroyed the infrastructure it's destroyed you know the food it's destroyed people's lives it's killed people but it's also destroyed a lot of the knowledge that people have about their world all the knowledge uh, that anyone has about the country is filtered through this one person in this world this one announcer um and whatever she says is 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 the truth um but you, we never really see we never really know what's going on outside so I, i'm i'm sort of was playing around with that too an idea of uh, uh climate change where that destroys information on top of just you know infrastructure um very 1984 i suppose <laughs> i'm not the first person to think about this but um yeah that was that was another big kind of theme playing throughout and how did this how did this come together? I mean, we're at the tank. Uh, this is a fully realized production with um, three excellent actors on stage. Uh, Miranda Heyman, who uh, previous podcast uh, listeners will have heard on the in the Penal Colony episode, um, directing. Uh, has this gone through something of uh, a development process, or like what? How did it get to? Because this being the Independent Theater Podcast, I do like to talk about a little bit of the processy sort of stuff. How did you get to? Uh, what is it? Ninety-eight seat house. What, yeah. How, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did how did you? Wh what was the process like? Uh, the quick and dirty condensed version. Yeah. No. I. It, it was. It's been sort of a long uh, life that this play has had. I wrote the first draft in twenty sixteen, um, and it's it sort of. I sat in a drawer for a couple of years. I mean, I not entirely. I submitted. It, it was a finalist for the National Playwrights Conference in twenty seventeen, um, and you know. I kind of I would read it with friends here and there. Um, but it was about a, a little over a year ago that I sent it to Miranda. Um, and that kind of really like sparked its whole sort of developmental life. And um, in that time, I, I rewrote this play maybe two or three times. The draft that existed before then is, is quite different. Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this, the story in general is the same. But I think, you know, something about the just reality of like oh there's a production happening i think i wrote this and it's not that i never thought there would be a production of it but i 
it was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go bonkers and see what happens. And then suddenly I was like, wait, people are going to see this. <laughs> this I, is going to be a real thing. Yeah, and you know, dug into the relationship. And Miranda was very instrumental in that. Um, dug into the relationship a bit more, dug into these themes and, and how they all affected each other to arrive at something that I hope is much tighter rather than just the first track, which I kind of threw a bunch of crazy things at the wall. And it was like, oh, okay, it was fun, but it didn't all cohere. Um, in, in the way I quite wanted it to. Um, so yeah, I mean, the development process was doing readings and just talking about it and, and then... Were the actors a key yeah. part of that? Uh, like giving feedback on that sort of stuff or was it more like you and Miranda working with actors? It was, it was mostly sort of before the actors came in the room. There have definitely oh, okay. been like uh, changes since the, the rehearsal started. But I think like by the time rehearsals began, it was pretty much what you see on stage, more or less. I mean, changes were made, but um, it was a lot of sort of pre-production um, uh, developmental work there, yeah. A lot of other plays sitting in drawers, like what's next for you? Um, yeah, so uh, another play of mine is uh, being presented as part of Roundabout's Underground Reading Series um, uh, in a few weeks. It's called uh, Bad Star, and it's about um, a young woman who does something bad, does something quite bad, um, bad enough that she might not be a good person anymore. And as the play goes on, she starts to realize that maybe she wasn't a good person to begin with. And what does she do now? How does she sort of come back or, or heal or try to mend her life uh, now knowing that she might actually not be the person she thought she was? Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's Very that. Cool. Different, but also sort of hopefully similar in how um, maybe uh, unsettling it is. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what's next on the docket. And the, the other thing I have in process is I'm working on a, uh, I've been commissioned by someone at my alma mater, uh, at Vanderbilt, who is um, uh, commissioning me to write a play that has to do with purgatory um, and and specifically Dante's Inferno, Dante's Purgatory, Dante's Paradise, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. And so that's sort of just like just beginning, um, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I get to kind of dip my toe into all these very different things all at once. It's it's quite a gift. I don't think many people... But no drawing room comedies for you, it seems. Yeah, that's, Not, that's good. Generally, no. Yeah, <laughs> right. we're, we're dealing with some big shit. All right, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, so the play is uh, really, really gorgeous. We are at the tank. You run through when? February 9th. Tickets and more information can be found at... Uh, the tanknyc.org slash really, really gorgeous. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Really, Really Gorgeous at The Tank, 312 West 36th Street, first floor in Manhattan through February 9th, 2020. Head to thetanknyc.org for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Thanks so much, yeah. man. Yeah, no, thank you. Of course. <laughs>